So tonight we'll continue um, with the code to live by, which we've previously discussed. And I think we all appreciate and agree with the importance of having a, a personal code that we live by, which brings us to the point of being a, being a better person, having better relationships and living far more responsibly and how that will lead to a better quality of life, more happiness, more peacefulness for everyone. So I said we would, you know, go over some of the... Um, qualities or virtues, if you like, that were recommended in the Vedas to be cultivated. It's quite a long list that I have, not terribly long. And I, I think it would be good. I will, of course, you know, um, write these in, in the post where we post the video. But I think it's important for people to consider these. I mean, actually write them down yourself and think about, you know, from time to time, which of these virtues or, or qualities you find to be most important and actively try to really cultivate them. So what I've, I've done is I've broken these into two categories, um, one which I'll deal with tonight and the other one I'll deal with next week. The ones I'm going to deal with tonight are qualities or virtues that affect our relationships. Of course, all of them will affect the relationships, but these ones really specifically deal with how we relate to, react to, respond to, reach out to other other people. And so I've, I, there's no particular order that they're in apart from this grouping of, of these, you know, that affect my relationships or connections with others. And the second group will be things that I personally need to consider cultivating Um. And, and they're more, they're more personal. <clears throat> I really think if I asked you to just close your eyes for a moment and contemplate the ideal companion, the ideal friend, the ideal person to, to love, an ideal parent, an ideal child, in, in, in a, such an ideal person, how would you desire such a person to relate to you if you had that magical wand and you could make it so that people were relating to you in a very specific way? What are the things that you would consider to be most desirable. If we actually think about that and build a little bit of a list, I'll just give you a moment here. Just think, what, what are the things that 
come to your mind. Just think even of two, three, four, five different items. If we think, and, and actually unconsciously, this is the way that we often interact with others. We do have some sort of framework that we would like to see people relating to us within. If we take those things that we would value in another person and then turn that on ourself and consider if I am to be a better friend, if I am to be a better companion, a better son or daughter, a better parent, then should I not also attempt to shine forth with those, those qualities and relate to others in, in the same way that I, I would consider extremely desirable? And I think it, it's really good to think of things in this context because I think what it does, if, if I think of it in that context, number one, it becomes very personal and it has to do with my personal relationships. But what it does is magnify, I think, the need for us to be consciously endeavoring to cultivate such qualities. So I'll, I'll begin with this short list that I've got here and maybe just talk a little bit about them. The first one is, is kindness or in, in a more uh, deeper way, compassion. I mean, if we had a friend or you know a relationship with someone and they manifest a great deal of kindness towards us and they were very compassionate, you know, we would so deeply appreciate that. We, we would become bound to that person with a very deep sense of, of affection. And that should show us the need for us in our own life to be focused on this. Kindness and compassion, of course, do require a feeling of connectedness, a feeling of it of equality perhaps of of oneness in one one respect with with others and i think the the big word here is is empathy empathy means the the ability to feel what another person is feeling, to have some sort of sense of what somebody else is going through. And because of that, that feeling of empathy, in the Bhagavad Gita, there's a wonderful verse that describes how the sage um, 
is able to feel a oneness with all other living beings, both in their happiness and distress. And the reason that a sage can do this is because he is able to feel this sense of, of oneness with them and to um, know what it is that, that individuals are going through there is a most beautiful and wonderful um, definition of compassion in, in the Vedas, particularly in the um, uh, Bhagavat Purana, where it, there is a statement that compassion means my being unable to bear the suffering of others. And that, I mean, that's the most amazing um, definition for me of what compassion is, where it's gone beyond just the idea of, of seeing somebody and, and feeling softness of heart or sadness at something that they're going through, but being unable to bear the suffering of others. And, and that contains within it, it implies that one is compelled to do something about it. You can't just sit there and feel sorry for someone, that you, you can't bear it. You have to do something about it. And it's within this context that we should consider kindness or more appropriately compassion and, and seek to cultivate it. And another quality that's really important in, in one's spiritual growth and spiritual development, that's humility. It's so unfortunate that now humility is just not valued, that being arrogant almost or being powerful or being forceful, you know, is considered like, you know, where you should be. <laughs> Whereas the need, and it's not just something desirable, the absolute need for the cultivation of the quality of humility, and if you want to become a spiritual person, you cannot do that and, and not be experiencing humility. And humility is founded on this real acknowledgement and experience of the equality of all beings as spiritual beings, regardless of the nature of, of the external covering, the body or the condition of the mind, or you know what somebody is going through. Sometimes people really go through a lot of crap they, from their childhood and because of that, they might become criminal in nature or violent or things. A person can be, you know, manifesting all kinds of undesirable characteristics. But we're talking about a, a spiritual vision where one sees beyond those external things and looks at the condition, the reality of that individual trapped within those circumstances, as it were and totally caught up in them. 
And because of the capacity to see the equality with all others, then a spiritually directed person will automatically experience humility in their dealings with others. This is not a false sense of, mm, you know, there is this state of, of false humility. To be humble actually requires that you are extremely strong, that you are very strong, that you are founded, you, you are grounded in a, in a really powerful way in your life. To be able to be humble in your dealings with others. That doesn't mean that you give up the capacity to speak out, to act in a just way, to even intercede where necessary to try and help somebody else in a suffering condition, to be even forceful. But humility has to do with the fact that I do not feel in any way superior to others. I don't feel in, in the slightest bit in any way any superiority to others. There is this recognition of this the reality of my spiritual existence and others. So another quality that's really important in spiritual life is tolerance. And if we think about it, I mean, I was just taking a little bit of a japa walk around the lake near our place. And there are three or four little kids all running around making lots of noise and, and just really having fun. And some older woman, I think she was the grandmother, I think was feeling a little bit embarrassed. And she looked at me and goes, oh, I suppose all the people <laughs> around here are kind of upset with all the noisy kids. And I said, no, they're just having fun, you know, nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, she, she felt un, uncomfortable um, because people have this tendency to become overly self-focused. And whatever's affecting me, my mind right now, and I might be going through something, as a result of that, I become very intolerant of others. Tolerance has to do with our interactions with others, but also things that we face in life. And a, an extremely beautiful also definition of tolerance in this regard um, is also stated in the Bhagavad Purana in the 11th canto, um, where Sri Krishna defines um, tolerance as uh, to patiently endure unhappiness. I mean, if you, th you think about that one a little bit and try considering that in, t in relation to your life, if we had a friend, a companion, who was more than willing to put up with all of our stuff and the way we process and deal with things and talk about things, you know, we'd consider them a real friend. We, we need to manifest that same quality. And fr from a spiritual perspective, these things that we're talking about actually really help us to grow in our spiritual understanding of ourself and of others.
So another quality that's really significant and important is, is non-violence, ahimsa. Non-violence means that I actually treat all life equally. That's what's required for me to behave in a non-violent way. And of course, it also means that I have and I'm exercising control over my emotions and my mind. Just because something's go going on in my mind, I don't have to be resort to just acting upon that. Uh, violence can be manifest in, in, in many different ways. Um, there are almost limited. These are actually really big subjects and we're just um, jumping over them quite quickly here and perhaps we can take them up in a little bit more detail at some, some later point. But nonviolence is very significant. Uh, another quality that's really necessary in spiritual life, to, in cultivating a spiritual life, is truthfulness, satyam. This truthfulness is really important. And that basically means not distorting things for some, because of some personal interest. That's a, that's a big part where you don't either fabricate things or, or change things or distort things in order to so-called protect yourself or to, to learn to speak truthfully is important, but it's been stated in, in, in the Vedas that one should learn to speak um, truth in a pleasing way as declared by the sages because truth can also be used as a club to bludgeon somebody with. But if we are experiencing um, compassion for others and we are manifesting tolerance, then dealing with someone in an honest and truthful way, in a way that is actually pleasing, um, becomes an important quality that grounds me in, in a spiritual reality and makes me a, a true friend. So truthfulness is a really important quality. The final one that I'm going to just mention here, and, and it's quite a big one. I mean, it's like actually a really big one, is forgiveness the capacity to actually forgive and to let go of things from the past. If we had a real friend or a person whose friendship we, we greatly valued and we had done things that were, made them unhappy or that were even hurtful to them, uh, we would feel bad about that. And their forgiving us for our transgressions would relieve our heart of a great burden. I think it's in, uh, yeah, in, in what was called the Lord's Prayer, 
um, something that Jesus Christ, when he, he was asked, how should we pray? And one of the things was to forgive um, and, and the plea to, to God, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's kind of like, whoa, that's a, that's a, a, a really, really, really big ask. But the only way it becomes possible is by cultivating a deeper understanding of the spiritual reality of myself and and of others. I, I wanted to read, and I've done, I've spoken with some of you before, um, in in the work that we've been doing on this. Um, uh, documentary on criminal justice reform, um, we encountered a, a really wonderful young woman who, whose father was killed by members of the uh, Black Power Gang. And we, in our travels, we met both uh, the person that ordered the hit um, and commanded gang members to carry out the murder, and the daughter of the man that was murdered. And she wrote a most amazing letter, an open letter. And it was a letter of, of great forgiveness. And in it, she spoke about why she was able to forgive, why she needed to forgive, and why other people needed to accept that forgiveness also. So I just want to read you a few parts from it because I think it's incredibly instructive. To all four men and the Black Power gang that were involved in the murder of my father, Christopher Crean, my name is Stephanie Crean, and I forgive you for murdering my father. For many years, I have not spoken to the media about how I feel about this heartbreaking tragedy. I forgive you not because what you did in murdering my father was right, because that was not right. I forgive you even though there was mention of shooting me only at the age of two. I forgive you so that you may have peace and I too, so that our families may have peace, and so that the community may have peace also, so that the nation may have peace, because that is what is right. So after a paragraph or two, she states, My dad was not a perfect man, but he was a good man. You too are not perfect men, but you can be good men. You may not be able to start a new beginning, but you can start a new ending to your life, a good ending. I also am not a perfect person, and I have also done things in my life that I am not proud of. I cannot change my beginning, but I can choose to have a better ending. I also can choose to be a good person. I forgive you all because I want you to start forgiving yourselves 
And once again, I am not saying this because what you did was right, but because whatever love that you have left, I hope that you will use that love to change yourselves, to change the ending to your story, and use that to help others. Because if you don't, who will stand in your shoes and tell your story? I hope you use it for good, and I hope you use that love to bring to your families, because I hope that one day they will understand that love is the only thing that will give us all peace. Because forgiveness is the only thing that is going to set us free and change everything about our life's journey. However, whether or not you are changed men, I still forgive you. If you do not seek out the hopes that I have for you, I still forgive you. I am proud of my dad for standing up for what was right. And one day I hope your families will feel the same way that I do when they see you change the ending of your life journey to an ending of men that are not perfect men, but were good men. A huge topic. And I'm not going to talk very much more about this. But I can tell you that if you could learn how to forgive and embrace some of the principles that she's speaking of, I mean, only 22 years old, and and it's not like she's a perfect person. She's going through enormous personal struggles herself. Her family has dealt with so much misfortune. Some of her siblings have, you know, ended their lives because of so much turmoil and difficulty. She herself has so many struggles, but she aspires to a higher spiritual platform. She wants to be in that position and really understands the importance of such a thing as forgiveness, a thing that can set us free. While we hold on to anger against others, even if they have done something terrible to us, as long as we are holding on to that and not letting that go, then we are constantly imprisoned by our tormentors. They continue to torment us. And it's only actually in, in, in forgiving them that one can become set free. So these, you know, list of, of principles that we've dealt with kindness or compassion, humility, tolerance, nonviolence, truthfulness, and forgiveness. These are huge. They are monumental. And I can only really beg of you to please consider how I should be trying to cultivate these qualities and what effect it will have on me, and what little effect will it have on others around me. And it's not about what somebody else is doing. Somebody else may not be treating me very well. They may not be dealing with me in such a nice way. It's irrelevant. How you deal with somebody is within your control. 
and will determine what kind of life you will have. There is no excuse for bad behavior. And so cultivating these qualities are, are really foundational and important to a platform that will make it so that we can grow spiritually. Okay, so next week we will talk about some of the other qualities that may form a code that we can actually live by. Thank you very, very much. So, of course, we know that that thing that will make it so that we can really undergo these personal changes is the engagement in this meditation upon transcendental sound. It is that which will purify our heart and give us the strength to truly become a spiritual person, will provide the give us the vision to see with great clarity. So tonight I'm going to um, chant the <coughs> Maha Mantra and uh, invite you to join me. Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Rama Hare Rama Rama Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama
Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare
Thank you very much 